0: Hey there, folks. Trustworthy fact, Kev Smith. Before we start casting the pods, man, let me try to sell you something first, okay? Do you like me? Do you like my friends Jason Muse uh, Ralph Garman? Then guess what? We're coming to a town near you, man. We're coming your way, man. Come see a Smod Co. Show. Tickets at csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Now, if you can't come to one of our shows, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to support this two-bit operation? Well, how about you kick back in your home with some family and friends and Loved ones and play Monopoly. Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. That's right, man. You can buy from com the home of the secret stash, right there online a signed edition of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly. Me and Muse sign it, man. Jason Muse, Jay himself, me, Silent Bob. Uh, and the parts are real fun, man. They got a little cock knocker, a little fist, a little, uh, a little Suzanne, a little blunt mobile. It's crazy, man. Get your hands on it. You get drunk, get stoned, and play a round of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly. Available, signed by me and Jason Muse at SilentBob.com. Now, here comes your Smodco podcast. Geek news, reviews,
1: commentary,
0: not just another podcast, are the ordinary big ball broadcast. Do
1: you have any hobbies?
0: I collect spores, molds, and fungus.
2: Now here comes your host, Kyle A. Barrett, or the World Steve.
1: Welcome to the Big Bob Broadcast. This is episode 27, all the geeky news you can use. My name is Kyle Abair. I'm a voice actor for anime and video games here on the West Coast.
2: And your co-host on the East Coast, Otherworld, Steve. And this week, I'm back to being a historian.
1: I am having what I shouldn't have right now. I'm drinking what's called a buttery nipple, which is butterscotch schnapps and Kahlua. No, Bailey. Sorry. My girlfriend, writer just corrected me. So those two things together make like... A diabetic's worst nightmare drink. But it tastes so fucking good.
2: the asshole I am. I would insist we have three or four throughout the show. See how that turns out.
1: Well, yeah. But we just finished off the two bottles. So we're uh, not in one sitting, mind you. But if you hear, like, occasional ice cubes
2: like this. And in general, I mute out when I hit the pipe, so.
1: You mute out? You shouldn't be doing that. Do you know where we're broadcast?
2: Yeah, but it's it's not as much fun than a water bong the water bong from back in the old days that resonated you could hear that from across the room so i might have to go out and buy a new water bong
1: and use it as a tax deduction hey this is important this is equipment for the show
2: you know i'm wondering in this day and age and again massachusetts has medical marijuana
1: yeah so my my nightmare with my uh, tech issues continues we can talk about your tech issues too because you have them and we can just <laughs> we can document our, our list of woes but um so a few weeks ago, my iMac decided not to ever boot up again. It would like turn on and then you have that little progress bar and it just hangs there and it never totally loads and then it just shuts off. So I take it to Best Buy Geek Squad. That's where I bought it. Got the extended warranty. It's still covered. They send it off to the shop. It comes back and it turns out they haven't done a fucking thing to it. It still does the same exact thing. So they send it back today. Meanwhile... I had, uh, gotten, um, some, some, some good income from some gigs. It's been a, a, a wonderful year. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get a new iMac. And when the old one comes back, I'll just put that in the bedroom. So I got the new one in place. So I get, uh, while I'm out of town at Akon in Dallas, I get a voicemail from Best Buy saying, your machine's ready for pickup. So I go, uh, as soon as we get back from Dallas, I go there. And check out, uh, and go to the Geek Squad little desk there and say, Hey, I'm here to pick up my machine. And they go through their records and they discover that there's no, there's no documentation proving that they even looked at the machine. So they plug in the iMac there in the store and verify that, Oh, it has the same exact problem. It looks like they didn't do anything. So <laughs> that's a little bizarre. And they said they've actually had this issue before. So I don't know what's going on. It was weird. I sent the first one in. And they verified that they'd received the machine, they were looking at it, but they couldn't um, prove that it was mine. I needed to go into the store, I guess show them my ID and and all that and verify the information and, and all that, that it was my machine, because they had like another name listed on it. It's like, did you buy it refurbished or or from from a third party? I'm like, no, I got it from you guys, brand new, and it was a little bit weird. So I don't know what the hell's going on uh there, but uh, hopefully they'll be able to. At this point, I don't care. Just make it work, make it you know start up or or offer to buy me another machine or something like that. Then I'll have two. I know because I need it. But meanwhile, I got you know the newest iMac is the 5K screen. And I gotta say, it is beautiful, but for my old ass, I, uh, you know, I want to make the the font bigger, the, t- the 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 size of the the text bigger. But when you do that and you blow it up, it's no longer retina. It becomes kind of blurry. So that's the that's the compromise. So I whipped out my old glasses that I've had for a year and haven't worn because I I just refuse. I'm not want to have to wear my damn reading glasses. And now I'm kind of forced to read my damn reading glasses. The progressive lenses that cost like $500 because the older you get, kids, your eyes will fuck you over. So get ready for that. But anyway, I guess the good news is I can see clearly with them on and I don't have to increase the font size. So it can remain true retina. But uh, why well, I loaded up some, some 4K on YouTube, some video shot in 4K, and I clicked it and made sure that the resolution was 4K. Didn't look that different. I don't know what's going on. I don't know uh, if there's something, some sort of subtle tweak I need to be doing, but I verified the, the video is actually 4K coming off of YouTube. I've got fiber optic internet. It's fairly speedy when it's not, you know, crapping out. And then, you know, I don't know. It's It's kind of annoying. I like my new machine. It's not as awesome as I thought it would be. You know, the 5K thing. It is very pretty, though. It is very pretty.
2: I have some woes as well. My woes just developed yesterday. I thought I was doing the right thing, and my laptop, again, doesn't belong to me. It's the agency that I'm employed with because I have a day job, kids. (laughs) I have to pay my mortgage somehow. Um, So this is the company's laptop, and I was cleaning it, and I thought relatively gingerly. I was wiping the keyboard because it was really grimy, and I broke a couple keys on my keyboard, which was wonderful because I couldn't even log in because one of the keys I needed to use was a letter in my password and um, that blows. But my wife is awesome. She bought me a computer and it's being shipped and I should have that for the next episode. So yay.
1: Nice. Now you're not in our chat room right now. We normally launch our chat room as we record each new episode on Tuesday nights, normally Tuesday nights at um, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. This week, as we're recording this episode, we're on a day later because I had to travel and all that stuff. But typically, we'll be on Tuesdays. But you just follow us at BB Broadcast on Twitter. We'll tell you when we're going to record so you guys can listen in and join our chat room. So far, we have Alan S., who's always here. So thank you, Alan, for joining us uh, on our unusual night.
2: And I'm not in the chat because with broken keys, it's ridiculously frustrating. So the only option I have available is to use the desktop keyboard interface you know it's fucked up because i have like a thousand usb ports and i thought you could plug in a usb keyboard and use that and that's not the case my wife was saying something about you have to do something with the bios so that it recognizes there, blah blah fuck that but i'm so fucking sick of typing on this virtual keyboard on the desktop you have to click every single letter it's not like a phone where it'll autocomplete the word for you or or autocorrect correct. If you fuck up, you're going to backspace that, that bitch and then do it all over again. If anybody has anything really pressing that they have to know from me, hit us on Twitter, at BB Broadcast, and Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to respond from my phone.
1: In the meantime, I think you can use a buttery nipple.
2: I mean, who can't use a buttery nipple in their mouth? So supple.
1: I'd like to know why they call it that. What about this drink is a nipple? I mean, I get butterscotch, but a nipple? Really? I mean... Does it taste good if you were to lick it off a nipple? I'm gonna have to try that with my girlfriend.
2: Common sense dictates it's alcohol, so somebody was really drunk when they came up with that. Well,
1: they got all that shit, you know, slow, comfortable screw, sex on the beach. They got. Are you supposed to nurse it? My girlfriend said, "You're supposed to nurse it." Hence, buttery nipple. Ah,
2: uh, can't pound her
1: too hard. I don't know. Have you ever investigated the history of why alcoholic drinks have their names?
2: No, but I, I would think again, you know, that the two go hand in hand or gland and gland depending on how inebriated you are but i think alcohol and sex and you go yeah you know i gave her three of these and then we had sex on the beach well
1: alcohol does lead to to sex sometimes but if it leads to sex on the beach you're going to be getting sand out of places that don't see the sun and you'll be pulling it out of there for for weeks it's like glitter right
2: but do you think about it at the time do you think oh man the consequence is going to be you know, sand for the next week falling out of my orifices. You're thinking, I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit that hard.
1: So off topic. But, yeah, as you can tell, maybe, you know, as Steve was gathering our our stories for the week, he goes, it's a slow news week. And I said, whatever, we can pad with inane bullshit that goes on.
2: (laughs) We're checking to see who's really listening.
1: Yeah, you guys, on? is this thing on? Can you hear us? Oh, hello, Beeg, and hello, Alan S. Oh, Alan S. is already here, but anyway. What, what the hell is going on in Geeky News this week?
2: There's a lot going on. There, there were a couple of interesting things that came across my feed just as we were getting ready to launch. Um, one, I was pretty excited about, as I've been very uh, forthright about. Kung Fu Panda is one of my favorite animated films. It is a, a family hit in my household, and I dig it. Second one, for me, not so much. Everybody else in my family loves the fuck out of it. But uh, we get the first still, the first official still from Dreamcast. For Kung Fu Panda 3, which I don't know where I was. I didn't even know this was a thing. And um, we got a couple new voice actors added to the cast. You have Brian Cranston and Rebel Wilson coming on board. And uh, if you can't go and see the still right now, it's just, it's all pandas. There's a family of pandas, so... Yay! It looks like Poe has been reunited with his family.
1: Nice. Uh, and I haven't seen this still yet, but uh, I'll give Kung Fu Panda three a shot. I, I also was not wowed by the second one. I love the first one. It has a little sentimental value to me because that's when my my daughter first came to uh, to live with me long term. Uh, when that came out, that was that it just debuted in theaters. We saw it in IMAX 3D, and it's like a special bonding experience. It was it was it was pretty darn awesome. Um. So, my girlfriend, Ryder, just handed me, uh, she looked up on Wikipedia the history of the buttery nipple, or slippery nipple, but this caught my eye. There's a variation called a shitty nipple, which is made up of grappa and Irish cream liqueur, or a Caucasian nipple's white sambuca and Irish cream.
2: I was wow. going to drag these into it.
1: It's unclear who concocted the slippery nipple or named it. Evidence suggests it was originated in the 1980s during a period of renewed popularity of cocktails and mixed drinks.
2: Or in a renewed period of popularity of cocaine in Studio 54.
1: I think, yeah, it's Coke and Hookers. It just goes back to that.
2: It's like 42. Everything just comes back to Coke and Hookers.
1: Coke and Hookers. That's right. Chris Hemsworth, of all people, has been confirmed to play the receptionist in the new all-female Ghostbusters movie... In other words, he's the new Janine. Ghostbusters, what do you want? So you're gonna have, you know, the female Ghostbusters and then some eye candy in the office, I guess, for the ladies or or the dudes, for that matter, whatever. Um, Which is
2: like giant reverse sexism because in Ghostbusters they didn't introduce this like buxom secretary as eye candy. You know, she was the the little introverted geek, and uh, this is just outright pandering i think
1: does it does it feel like they're just doing magic mike here they're just like let's get like the hunkiest let's just get thor because those girls like it and maybe they what if they pitched it to chris evans and he said no fucking way and they said let's just go down the list let's see who we can get who would actually do this
2: did you see the red band trailer for the vacation reboot
1: no i didn't even know there's a, a vacation
2: reboot not only really is there a vacation reboot but there's a red uh, band, band trailer for it and helmsworth is in the vacation reboot And the only scene you get to see in this uh, wonderful trailer is um, him wearing nothing but boxer shorts. And the impression is he has a tremendously huge schlong. And he's just talking, having this very casual conversation while inadvertently thrusting his pelvis into other people's faces with this, again, tremendously huge dong. So
1: My girlfriend welcomes this. So, I think we're probably going to be Googling that trailer afterwards, I guess. Oh, she's seen sure. it already. Okay.
2: <laughs> she's seen it, and she hasn't shared that with you, so. <laughs> well, no,
1: I don't think she's going to think I would find that terribly interesting. I mean, if there was a hot chick, she'd show me. But okay, as it is, again, I'm completely in the dark. I had no idea they were doing this. They have Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase is in the beginning. Okay. All right.
2: Chevy Chase, I guess, is the um, he's the dad in this film, and it's his son, Rusty, who's going on this vacation with his family. There's a lot of instances that parallel the first movie. As a matter of fact, they intentionally go to the hotel that we stayed at where uh, Chevy ended up swimming in the pool with that very hot ex of Billy Joel. there. But they go back to that same place, and, and I guess they kind of have a conversation about what went down there and everything. So anyways, but we're get, kind of getting away from the Ghostbusters thing. But yeah, they're certainly bringing him in as eye candy. What I found interesting in the Variety article is they talk about how their producers approached him very, very early on in development of this film and asked him to come on board. And he looked at the script and he just felt, you know, there wasn't enough for him. So he passed and they actually took it back to rewrites to pad his character, to give him a lot more interaction and dialogue. So. They really want him in this film.
1: Well, all right. Um, I mean, I guess I could see some celebrities looking at it. Oh, this is stunt casting or it's uh, a glorified cameo. I don't want to be a part of that. But uh, I guess maybe he has a good sense of humor and people really haven't seen his his humorous side, per se. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of light comedy in Thor, but um, I guess full-on comedy is is a different thing altogether.
2: He came out and he did say that he wanted to do more comedy, that he wants to just really branch out and, you know, get his hands into everything. He doesn't want to be that action-heavy lead all the time. You have uh, Thor and Snow White and the Huntsman and in the Heart of the Sea. So now he's just trying to do different things like uh, Vacation and Ghostbusters. And I guess you don't want to get typecast. I don't know what some of these other actors, like from the big Marvel Cinematic Universe, could move on to if you get so accustomed to seeing them in this certain role all the time.
1: Ah, the buttery nipple. You were wrong.
2: And I hope you don't mind me saying it. I'm frequently wrong. It's okay. No, no, I I look up to you. You're my older brother. Um, (laughs) Anyways, we had a conversation a while back about Comic-Con and about how Marvel at the time didn't really have anything to show right now. They still really don't have anything to show outside of Ant-Man. So, talking about Hall H and Bacon and all that. Yeah. Um, Star Wars, the force awakening is coming to Comic-Con. Well, all right. I mean, that that's cool. That makes sense. You know, I, they had their big celebration and people kind of thought that was going to be it for the year, but this is actually pretty big. And the entire schedule hasn't been laid out yet, but they do have some things that are already planned. Um, and some of it's pretty freaking awesome. And they're going to start off this whole thing with Star Wars Publishing. We're going to have a big panel about that. Um, Hasbro Star Wars, which I know everybody's excited about because they're going to start showing off a lot of these new uh, figures and vehicles for the upcoming, uh, not only trilogy, but the standalone films. Um, you have uh, EFX panel, which of course has got to be really fucking awesome. Uh, Star Wars collectibles, all kinds of stuff. And Captain Kennedy, of course, is going to be there. director, J.J. Abrams, and some people from the cast of Force Awakens. So that's really exciting. Unfortunately, I think it's just going to steal the thunder from really anything else Comic-Con could offer in terms of like big entertainment. But I thought we'd get a lot out of Celebration. I can't even wait to see how much more we're going to get out of this.
1: Well, I imagine there'll be more footage, maybe Comic-Con exclusive stuff. So we'll be looking at everyone's crappy, you know, phone phone cam Footage until they just decide to go ahead and release it. But yeah, I mean, if there was a reason to go ahead and 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 stay overnight in the Hall H line, I guess I guess that would do it. Although it still doesn't convince me. Actually, I was all set to go to Comic Con this year, and then I got invited to a convention in Ireland. So me and my girl are going to Ireland the week of Comic Con. But you bet your ass, I'll be watching Twitter and Facebook for all the feeds about you know the updates from the Star Wars stuff because. I love what Star Wars Celebration was doing with the live stream panels and everything. And I mean, hopefully, Comic Con will do that too.
2: Well, you know, I think they want to do the whole Comic Con TV thing, which we've debated in the past. I don't know. Now I'm going to turn coat because I didn't think they'd be there. But now that they're going to be there, it's like, okay, take my money. I want to see this stream 24 <laughs> 7.
1: Take my money. Motherfucker!
2: I just can't see how they can fuck this up, so I'm just really excited. I just hope I'm not like overhyping this in my head.
1: Well, it's really easy for a Star Wars fan to to overhype themselves when it comes to anything in that genre, but yeah, I, I do have to I have to comment though because I guess we didn't talk about it, do, or, or did we? The whole uh, Han Solo has a wife thing in the comic series.
2: It kind of remains to be seen, but. What's interesting is these comics are canon. Um, Disney has come out and said, you know, the EU prior to them buying Lucasfilm doesn't necessarily exist anymore. But anything going forward would be absolute canon in, in Star Wars. And you do have an introduction of a woman claiming to be Han Solo's wife. Does it introduce as, as, as the wife? I don't have her name here right now. Oh, here like we go.
1: Santa, Sana? Sa-
2: Sana? Santa, Yep, Santa solo. This is out in uh, Star Wars issue number six, written by Jason Aaron. So very interesting.
1: Yeah, it just seems like a publicity grab, and more like, well, maybe this chick's just insane, and she's not really because you like you don't want to you don't want to start th- rethinking old trilogy shit in a new light, you know, just like you know the bastardization of sticking prequel imagery into the special editions and whatnot it's like oh han shot first or greedo shot first blah 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 blah. we change this we add that and we take out uh sebastian shaw and put uh hayden christensen there at the end of jedi and like okay we're just we're just gonna keep fucking with that really did did we not learn
2: well you may have seen um the deleted scene from a new hope where han is making out with a chick at his table before luke and obi-wan come over so
1: I believe that girl was Caucasian and in the comics she is the African-American persuasion, but of course this is space, so I don't know what you would consider that. I was happy to read this uh, for Daredevil season 2, obviously season 1 huge hit for Netflix um, saw that uh, John Bernthal the actor who played Shane from Walking Dead, that's what he's most known as, will be portraying Punisher in season 2 now it's pretty safe to say that yeah we'll we'll try and whet the appetites and see if people will will be into a Punisher in like the phase two of of the Marvel Netflix universe uh and it, it sounds like a good plan of attack there because certainly Punisher is is gritty and and you know more reality based just like Daredevil is, and so like that that makes sense to to go ahead and plant that character there just to 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 test the feelers and everything
2: I agree, I actually couldn't agree more because uh as you said, he's a very grounded character, he doesn't have any superpowers and doesn't necessarily regularly associate with super teams or anything, so I dig it from where I still haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix um but the the response from what I've been hearing is overwhelming, and um it, because it's dark because it's gritty because it it's grounded so I think that's brilliant.
1: Mr. Haru in our chat says it's amazing how Punisher will be played by an actor who was also Trigger Happy in Walking Dead. That is very true.
2: What I don't like about um, (laughs) Daredevil Season 2 is uh, their showrunner is making this. I don't know how to explain this to our our listeners. It's this very obscure Japanimation movie film that came out a long time ago. I had a copy on VHS, a bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg called Akira. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but apparently it was this Japanese film that came over to the States and then some people got to see it. Well, there was talk a few years ago Leonardo DiCaprio was going to uh, produce this huge epic live action retelling of this film, And that petered out, and I was actually really happy about that, because as much as people talk about Alan Moore's uh, Watchmen being unfilmable, I think Akira is really the ultimate unfilmable film. It was beautifully, beautifully, beautifully animated. I don't think a lot of that can transition over as a live-action film without just either looking silly or feeling like pandering. But apparently, they're working on doing this and making this a thing again.
1: Off and on through the years, it gained steam and then it disappears. Same thing is going on with Robotech. They're trying to, you know, they had Tobey Maguire attached to a live action adaptation of that. That got put on the back burner yet again, uh, because the studio, I believe Warner Brothers has the right, the cinematic rights to it. Um, Same sort of thing where it's like, we're going to do this anime movie. Oh, not really. The, the live action version of these anime classics. And would it be the incarnation that was about to uh, proceed with filming where you had westernized everything, you know, new Manhattan instead of a new Neo Tokyo and, you know, Americanized characters as opposed to Asian characters.
2: Yeah, I was like Chuck and Chris instead of <laughs> Tetsuo in and Kaneda. Yeah.
1: Chuck and Chris, I
0: like that
2: Chuck. Unfortunately, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Andrew Lazar of American Sniper and Leonardo DiCaprio was still producing this, so it still doesn't smell too good. This is back in 2012 when when we thought this was coming out. So here's an announcement in, in 2015. Hopefully by you know 2018, we'll be like no, we're not going to do this.
1: Yeah, know I've seen the anime movie, you know, many times through the years. Alan S says it covers like maybe a third of the original manga, so I guess you really do have a point that it is an unfilmable. How are you going to consolidate that into a movie and not a mini series or a series of films? I guess you could do that too, but
2: to me, it just seems way too late. There's, I think, more recent properties. I'm not going to say better, but certainly more pre- uh, recent things that would probably. Resonate more with with uh, the Western audience than Akira. Um, I'm afraid there's probably a generation that's totally missed out on
1: it. I remember the first time I saw it, I was in uh, a room at a uh, convention that no longer happens in Dallas called the Dallas Fantasy Fair. And anime back then in the in the 90s didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of love back then. It was it was relegated to you know third or fourth generation VHS, you know, with tons of snow, digital snow on the screen and you know, subtitled or sometimes raw Japanese, but they they got a copy of Akira and it was jam-packed in this tiny room, this panel room, with uncomfortable chairs and everyone's watching a tiny 19-inch monitor. And I remember almost falling asleep, maybe because I was uncomfortable, and that I don't normally watch anime in Japanese, and I'm trying to read the little tiny font of the subtitles and everything. And some sequences are, you know, spectacular, beautiful animation and everything. And it wasn't until I saw it again later that it's like, all right, you know, this is this is really cool, but you know, would it ever translate accurately or satisfyingly, if that's a word? Uh, into the live action realm because anime to this day is, is, you know, you can have anime inspired sequences in films, but, uh, to, to actually base it, it's been nothing but disaster so far.
2: They did a re-release. And I don't remember when it came out, but it's a Steelbook re-release with Johnny Young Bosch as Canada. And that's a wonderful DVD. And, and if you don't have it, run out, pick it up, um, or order it from Amazon. But there's a great making of documentary. And it shows you how the animated film was made and how they did things very differently for this movie about how they practically doubled the frame rate um, to have really smooth animation, how they meticulously animated the character's mouse to match up with how the voice actor said. They filmed the voice voice actor's mouse. But I mean, Nowadays, you would do that as points for CG and doing a post later. But the animators use those reference points to get the mouth movements all really perfect and everything. So I think if you watch that, you end up with so much more appreciation for it, the animated film that you would kind of think like I do. It's kind of a mockery to make this live action.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing that like back in the day, Suncoast Motion Picture Company was this great video store chain. And I remember seeing Akira Production Report. That was the making of thing. Is that what they just put on the Blu-ray or the DVD, I guess?
2: I'm assuming, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that was pretty interesting to see all that. And I haven't I haven't, um God, I haven't seen the eighties dub in so many years. I think I had a VHS copy of that. Do they have the the, the old dub as well as the new dub on the same disc? No, just a new dub. Ah, okay. It's like we we don't acknowledge that old one. Which
2: is tough, you know, because you had greats who who were probably, you know making a a name for themselves at the time, like Bob Bergen um, voicing characters on the original Akira dub. Do you have a problem necessarily with when people update things, bringing in different people to do that? Or do you think it has to be true and you should probably retain as much as that original cast as possible?
1: Well, I see things from, from two perspectives. There's the business perspective when they want to branch out and try something new because they, they want to think outside the box but that rarely works. And then there's the fan perspective where it's like, hey, I heard this cast first. And, you know, if you change it, then, you know, the show is shit. Uh, that's certainly true in the anime fandom when you have multiple dubs or, or multiple series of, uh, you know, the same characters done by different casts, you know, whether they're done in Texas or LA or Canada. And then the fans just, you know, r- reading the riot act because they dared change things. And you know, sometimes it's a money issue, or the actors aren't available, they don't want to do it, or they're no longer alive, or you know, just you know, X Y Z laundry list of reasons why the original cast members uh, aren't asked back or can't come back to the whole thing. And the fans are like, well, screw this, I don't want, to, I don't want to be a part of that. And uh, I guess the Twitterverse kind of erupted when you saw. Uh, the new Powerpuff Girl cast uh, listed three relatively unknown uh voice actresses that you know I, I say relatively unknown because I'll, I don't know who they are I um but I know it's not the original uh, cast from uh, the original Powerpuff Girls and and fans are making a big stink in social media about you know and and it's controversial it's like is that is that shitting on the new actors and not even giving them a chance i've seen voice actors that are new to the industry and even amateur voice actors saying well that that's crappy you know it's like this doesn't bode well for anyone trying to get into the industry
2: i'm gonna name names because it's out there and i'm not doing this to be a dick okay um but Tara Strong, who voiced Bubbles in the original run and Cartoon Network of Powerpuff Girls, uh, took to Twitter, and she wasn't very happy with the announcement. Uh, I guess nobody had contacted her previously in regards to this new show, and her remark on Twitter was, I don't remember ordering a stab in the heart today. Um, she later added, I have no ill feelings for the actresses for the new show. We would just be on her, We were never asked. Every role I breathe life into, I love. Um, and I saw social media kind of erupt in both directions. And I found that kind of surprising. And what I saw was you had a good 50% saying, oh, wow, that's really fucked up. You know, I can't imagine powerpuff girls without hearing Tara strong. And the other half were like, really, who the fuck is she to bitch between her and, uh, Cree Summers. They've had a monopoly on female voices and a lot of boys voices for the last, what, two decades. So she's so so established, so well-known in the industry, has so many prominent roles, does she have a right to complain?
1: I guess we're splitting hairs here. Is it complaining or just genuinely just expressing sadness about, it's like with me playing Gohan on Dragon Ball Z for the past 15 years, and then suddenly they recast me. Am I going to be happy about that news? No, I'm going to be sad that I lost, you know, I lost the gig. And, you know, I wouldn't personally have anything against the new actor. You know, it's not their fault. Uh But you have the studio, you know, calling the shots and it's like, hey, we're going to do something different. Now, if, you know, you're an actor that you have other gigs, you have other things that you're known for. You're not exactly hurting financially um, and you're still well revered and regarded and you're still working. You know, uh, it's kind of just one of those. It happened in the industry. People get recast. uh, People lose things. You know, you just go on. Just like, you know, we audition all the time. We rarely get cast. And then when we do, you know, you ride the wave as long as you can.
2: Yeah. My personal opinion is I probably would have found a better way to phrase it, to to show some disappointment, to come right out and say, you know, I don't remember ordering a stab in the heart today. It sounds um, a little aggressive, me personally.
1: Well, when you're when you're as connected, and you know, I don't know Tara personally. I've only met her a couple of times, just in passing, and everything. Everything from what I can tell is that she is very passionate about her job, and she's very connected and loves her characters. So, not that I would compare it to, oh, these are your children, but they are in in in, in, a, in a sort of sort of way. You have a connection to them, and then when you're no longer, you know, doing that, and someone else is, it's almost as if you lost custody, almost. I mean, I could relate to being upset about that, but yeah, in the social media age, things can be misinterpreted or taken completely out of context. And then suddenly, you know, if she's favoriting tweets that are very aggro and she's not saying it herself, does that really mean that, you know, she's more than just sad? She's actually angry about it because she's, you know, favoriting or retweeting the fans Going you know, hey, I'm not gonna watch this because old cast or die and all these terrible things. It's like I hope the new cast dies in a fire or you know really extreme shit, you know,
2: yeah, and I'm certainly not calling her out on this i'm I'm certainly you know playing devil's advocate and kind of presenting the the other side here, but you know i i I think she's gonna have continued success regardless, and uh God bless her for that,
1: yeah, yeah, she's managed to find success being i mean uh. I saw someone on a thread on, on Facebook saying that she actually wasn't the original Bubbles from the original pilot. She she came in and did that. And she's certainly, you know, with Harley Quinn, she's har- Harley Quinn now, but Arlene Sorkin was Harley Quinn for the animated Batman series and everything. And for whatever reason, either financially or creatively, Arlene Sorkin isn't Harley Quinn anymore. And she's the person doing the replacing. So I don't know if she's taking that into uh, consideration or not.
2: Now that's interesting.
1: I mean, we, we had a, a case where, again, it took, going back to Dragon Ball Z, where the first instance of seeing older Gohan was future Gohan in in the future Trunks special, uh, or ultimate Gohan, and that was originally Damian Clark, who voices Cell uh, on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I came there just a few months after that movie came out, and then I got cast, and I'm sure that was awkward. is like, why do you got this different different guy doing Gohan when it was this person over here? And then, of course, it's confusing, too, because there's the Canadian cast or the Canadian dub of that show. Complete different set of actors. Uh, and then they do that again with Dragon Ball Z Kai, currently on Adult Swim, um, where you have, you know, maybe three or four of the main roles that are different. And fans are like, I don't want anything to do with this because I grew up listening to a certain thing. So you have that fan connection, you know, going on once again.
2: You know what, though? It's Kai. Thank you, thank you, thank you for removing 85-90% of the bullshit filler and kind of giving it to me quick fix, kind of like DBZ abridged. I, I appreciate the fuck out of that. I don't care if you got fucking a team of trained monkeys doing the voices at this point. As long as I don't have to sit through 30 hours of this planet's going to explode in two minutes.
1: For everyone that complained about that, they're, they're quick to go, Oh, well, I prefer the original to Kai. It's just like everyone just going off on uh, the original score. Uh, not the original score, but the dub score. Saying, like, oh, this is terrible, this is awful. And then, then you know, Kai comes out. It's like, why didn't they use that guy again? Like, well, you know, they'll, I guess fans will always have something to complain about.
2: And I'm sure you can still hit conventions nowadays and still buy Falconer's score. So, you know, you're not missing out on anything, kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. We want you guys' opinions, too. You can always email us, thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at us, at BB broadcast. We'd love to get your feedback on all of these stories.
2: Speaking of tweets, that's a wonderful segue. I wanted to throw this in real quick. Um, Chris Weitz is writing the, the Star Wars standalone Rogue One. I thought this was really interesting. He took to Twitter and he hit up Neil deGrasse Tyson and he said, Dear Neil Tyson, I'm writing the Star Wars standalone Rogue One. Have a brief astronomy question for you, sending you this Twitter Hail Mary. And DeGrasse Tyson immediately responded, and he was like, happy to assist. <laughs> He's like, especially when the cosmos is the artist's, artist's muse, what's the question? So you have a little bit of collaboration here with the standalone Star Wars film. That's pretty awesome. I, I think that's really cool. Kind of certainly lends, lends a little bit of credibility to that fantasy universe.
1: Any Batman readers out there? Steve, I know you're not a DC person, so it's easy to kind of predict what your opinion on this will be. <laughs> but... um Anyone reading the New 52's Batman uh, series, I'm behind on it, but uh, I really do like it. Um, Scott Snyder, excellent writing, awesome art from Greg Capullo, uh, or Capullo, whatever. Batman 41, currently on comic store shelves and available digitally, uh, showcasing Jim Gordon uh, donning the suit, stomping around in like a mech-type armor, and also a new costume that looks like very Batman Beyond-inspired. Uh, quoting from blaster.com, it says the new all black outfit features a bright yellow outline of the bat symbol, but no cape. And, uh, from what I can see, Gordon doesn't wear a utility belt per se either, but rather something that looks like a gun holster, um, for what looks to be a taser or stun gun. Um, that's different. I mean, you've had everything from like Batman has a son and then his son is going to be Robin and then what? And then, what, oh, and then now we have Jim Gordon. Uh, taking the mantle, I guess it might make sense if I were, were caught up and were reading why the hell Jim Gordon is is a commissioner now, or not commissioner, but actually taking the Batman job from Batman.
2: And that's the one thing that made me do a double take, because I'm just, I'm so lost. I don't know what the fuck's going on in DC's universe right now, so I don't know why this is happening, so it really doesn't have an impact on me. Um, little side note, though, I did just very recently watch Batman vs. Robin, Um, As I've said before, the DC animated films are wonderful. They're head and shoulders above anything Marvel's brought to the table to date. Um, Very interesting, very um, graphic. Graphic as fuck. It's rated PG-13, but I wouldn't let my kids watch it. Not when you're watching hearts get ripped out of people's chests and arrows. (laughs) uh, Decapitations and stuff. Um, But great flick. I will say, if you're going to watch it... um, Get the previous one, get Son of Batman and watch that first because they certainly um, do go back to back. You you really have to watch them both to know what's going on. But yeah, fucking geek out for a couple hours. It, it's awesome. It's really great stuff. I wish I could say the scene about the comics in the movie universe, but at least the animated shit is really good.
1: You know, DC, you, know, you, can, you can shit all over them for their comic decisions or their uh, cinematic decisions. Uh, but uh, they they've really got this directed DVD Blu-ray home video thing just locked in real nice. A lot of you know alternate reality stuff, adaptations of, of well acclaimed, critically acclaimed graphic novels, and that trend continues with Batman, Justice League, whatnot, and you know the the slew of, of titles still to come just like boggles the mind. They're they're just gonna pummel it. You now I'm worried it'll become kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, at some point, it's just a glut, and then the quality's going to suffer. But for now, <laughs> the DC stuff seems to be pretty strong consistently.
2: And I also saw today, and I really can't speak much to it because it was kind of fleeting, but I guess there's this new um, web series that's got something to do with Bruce Tim.
1: Oh, I haven't heard about this.
2: Oh, yeah. I guess this is, like, really dark and really graphic, and it doesn't have... Um Bruce Wayne as Batman it's not Gordon either it's 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 somebody else as Batman apparently
1: yay and then there's uh let's see uh, uh Badger King in our chat says it's three short animated features that lead up to the Gods and Monsters animated movie which I think uh just came out this week so tell me Steve what uh what are the scores of Marvel fans uh cosplay for better Black Widow representation what is that all about
2: this is weird but I guess weird in a good way as you know, as everybody's been really vocal about, there hasn't been a lot of uh, Black Widow representation in Marvel's merchandise. Can't go out and buy the latest uh, Widow figure or have her featured prominently on her shirt or a poster or even kids' birthday party supplies. Um, so this kind of pissed off quite a few people, a lot of females in particular. So they started up uh, under the banner hashtag WeWantWidow um, flash mobs that apparently took off all across the U.S., potentially even outside of the U.S., where you had these giant flash mobs of predominantly women dressed as Black Widow to bring attention to this matter. Like, look, Black Widow's here and she's not going away. So fucking do something about it or we're going to keep putting it in your face. I
1: mean, are we seriously going to have anyone complain about this? A bunch of Black Widows running around?
2: Well, you see the group shot of the Slave Leia's, and they're not all 10s or even 4s in some cases. So I'm going to get a little of the same with this.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that sort of groundswell, grassroots movement can actually uh have an effect on on a major corporation's merchandising efforts. Because, yeah, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts. No Gamora shit for Guardians of the Galaxy. No Black Widow shit for Avengers. What is up with that? Unless you want to pay high-end for, like, a ultra-collectible figure uh, or statue or bust or
2: maquette or, or whatever. You know what's interesting, though? I had this epiphany last night, and I apologize for being so late to the party. But the epiphany was, technically, Leia is a Disney princess. So I wonder how Disney plans on capitalizing on that.
1: Yeah, and like if they're going to get, you know, the the Force Awakens new female characters, or they are they going to get the merchandise love too? I guess we'll find out when the uh, the Star Wars uh, launch day happens. You know, two or three months before Force Awakens hits theaters.
2: The whole debate just a couple of weeks ago about why you don't see characters like Widow and Gamora out there is that you know Disney's already they're making their bread and butter on. Catering to the princesses, they already have that girls' market completely cornered, so that's why they really don't give a fuck about the extra money and effort going out into that. So it would be interesting if you brought Leia in as a Disney princess. Why not? Right? Give her a, a direct-to-video, uh, video-directed DVD standalone movie, kind of set up like Aladdin or something, or Sleeping Beauty. Why the fuck not?
1: Let's just have a sequel to the holiday special and have have her sing again.
2: Coked out Fisher.
1: Uh, what's she doing nowadays? Oh, she goes to cons. That's right, and uh, she takes pictures with her French bulldog or something like that.
2: I hear she sticks her tongue in people's ears and shit. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, she does like really bizarre shit while getting pictures taken.
1: Throws but, glitter all over fans too.
2: Have fun. Why the fuck not? You know, you're Princess Fucking Leia, and you're not going to live forever.
1: <laughs> I could see that on a shirt. I'm Princess Fucking Leia. I could see Carrie Fisher actually wearing that. She's taking a big drag off a cigarette. Like, hey, what do you want?
2: Let's say right now, that's TM, Otherworld Steve. Conduct kind of like my attorneys. JK Rowling, you know, who I guess thought everybody thought she retired after the last Harry Potter books. No, she's still writing shit. And she's written this thing called uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And what I love about this story so much is it's a 42 page book and it got optioned for three films. And uh, she's actually. <laughs> Writing the screenplay for this, and that's it's just another one of those awesome things, you know. She's the richest female author in history, she's worth billions. This thing's guaranteed to make her more, you know, tens or hundreds of billions. Um, but that's beautiful, I I can't even complain about that. Um, (laughs) the really wild thing about this, though, is these films are gonna introduce American magicians. A wizard, should I say. I shouldn't call them a magician. Somebody's going to call me a muggle in the comments. Um, but they're going to be shown American wizards. And there's a school, uh, very much like Hogwarts, in the U.S. And I guess these events take place about 70 years before the Harry Potter novels. Um, so a lot of people are very excited about that. And I'm just thinking, oh, man, that's just waiting for a, a theme park in the Midwest at some point.
1: Yeah, you've got... um you know, the Harry Potter world, uh, you know, making gobs of money for Universal Studios in Florida. The L.A. version or Universal Studios Hollywood is is opening soon. And they, you know, they had they totally just demolished my favorite concert venue there. <laughs> Damn it. But, you know, if you're going to stand to make way more money instead of concerts, you have the Harry Potter attraction. Of course, they're going to go with that. I still laugh at the fact that J.K. Rowling wrote a novel under a pen name and they use that in the marketing jk rowling as so-and-so writing as so-and-so it's like i thought the whole point of a pen name was that no one could guess who it was
2: it was uh, yeah i guess not to uh have any prejudgment that it, it might be a female author god forbid <laughs>
1: Yeah, you, know, you know stephen king writing as richard bachman it's like well i guess i know who really wrote this
2: it's not richard bachman and I don't want wants to come out wrong um too late yeah you know <laughs> we talk constantly about all this sexism and, and, and about how you know you don't have that equality in, in the film market there there's something last week with an actress who uh didn't get cast in a role because she was too old even though she was about 30 years younger than the male lead there's this really disgusting double standard in Hollywood i don't know if that necessarily translates over to books or, or fiction in general you know i think you the sex of the creator of the of the work isn't imposed upon that work if you know what i mean
1: and going back to the original thing you're you're talking about you know american muggles or wizards um that's kind of funny considering the, you know the film crews and everything were a hundred percent british we're not going to cast any americans or, or anything in, in the films like everything this is the british property This is british this british that no 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 and then now it's like, no, no, we got to think global market, man. We got to
2: feature That's, Americans. Back in my heyday, um, I was quite the anime snob. I uh, I was able to write for six different uh, various anime publications and got to really abuse the fuck out of a press pass at a lot of conventions. So I get to sit down and I get to talk to a lot of Japanese creators and a lot of Japanese uh, studio owners. And one of the first questions I always had was do you have any concerns about globalization do you have any concerns that you know some of the properties they're too regionalized and and people won't get the jokes or or the parodies in other borders and and they all answered emphatically absolutely absolutely we're we're certainly introducing more western elements into what we're doing and and trying to keep the jokes a little bit more generic on a, on a more global market because once that money starts coming in and you see that people are lining up, waiting to hand that over, oh, yeah, what, what, do, what do you want us to do to make this more appealing, more appetizing? We'll do that. So I can't blame them. You know, I can't blame Warner Brothers. I can't blame J.K. Rowling. And it's, it's supply and demand. Nobody's getting hurt. It's not Fifty Shades of Gray. It's not Twilight. So knock it out of the fucking park.
1: Well, that's true. I guess you could say, oh, it's ruined my childhood by them doing this. Like, you know what? The version you have. It's still there, so embrace it. You know, it's a little different for the Star Wars kids because, you know, we can only get, you know, at least for now, we can only get the pristine version of the, you know, special editions. But in in general, you know, your version of Ninja Turtles, your version of this, that, and the other that you grew up on, it's still there, no matter what Hollywood does to it.
2: Well, it's funny, every time I hear the, the Turtles come up, I was very fortunate to hit the ground running with Turtles. Black and white pulp comics by Eastman and Laird. Um, Really gritty, like I said, Metallica t-shirts. No different colors. Um, It was great. It was fucking awesome. And then what came out as the first cartoon series in the 80s was an abomination in comparison. I mean, how dare you? That destroyed everything I knew of the Turtles and then some. But it made so much money. I mean... The show made money. The toys made money. Everything related to turtles at the time made gobs and gobs and gobs of money. And no matter how attached you feel to a product, the creators in a lot of cases and the studios certainly don't have that attachment. If they can make money by manipulating it somehow, you're fucking straightly going to do it.
1: Godzilla. So Japan is finally embracing the Kaiju King After what, 60 years of existence?
2: 60 years of existence. Wow, I mean, that's long before my time. So they embraced it so much that the civic leaders in Tokyo this week... Um, are making or have made Godzilla an official citizen of Japan.
1: Which is uh, a strange honor, considering he's destroyed Tokyo <laughs> over and over again for 60 years.
2: Absolutely. But isn't it funny how we're talking about, we'll do whatever it takes to make tons of money. Um, and this announcement, of course, is on the heels that for the first time in a decade... Japan is making a Godzilla movie for release next summer. So
1: <laughs> they're gonna say for those who didn't like the new Godzilla and unfortunately there's a lot of them that didn't. I, I personally love the new Godzilla. But um if you're gonna have the original, you know, filmmakers and everything, it's like Toho Studios or whatever, they're gonna be like, All right, we're gonna show you how it's done. It's not that version, and it's not this version, it's this version.
2: I forget which movie it was. It was one of the more recent ones. Uh, produced in Japan they had the real Godzilla kill the americanized uh, matthew broderick godzilla and i thought that was brilliant
1: well hey man time has flown by it's uh it's just about that time but um steve thank you as always for digging through the the bowels of the internet to find our stories and um thank you guys to listening to smodcast.com or itunes or soundcloud wherever you're finding our, our episodes spread uh, the love far and wide shout out once again to alice badger king eric 17 mr haru uh, for all joining our chat room if you want to join the chat while we record our episodes we basically take every tuesday night at uh, 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific and um, we'll have the links and everything you need to know to join our chat uh, just follow us on our Twitter feed, at BB Broadcast. Uh, that's it for now. Until next time, this is Kyle Abair, And this is Underworld Steve. See ya! Special thanks to Will Wilkins and Jason Peer. Music provided by Zero Reynolds. Follow us on Twitter, at BB Broadcast. And email, thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. sir. only at Smodcast.com. Hey, Babblers, it's Ralph here. You know, usually you can find Kevin and me at the Improv in Hollywood, but we're also taking Hollywood Babylon on the road this summer, so we might be coming near you. We've got a show in Irvine, California at the Irvine Improv. That was June the 12th. Now it's going to be Saturday night, the 13th of
0: June. If you're going to be at Comic-Con in San Diego in July, come see us July the 11th at the House of Blues in San Diego. July 25th, we'll be in San Jose, California at the Improv. And Hollywood Babylon's going to be closing out the summer, August 29th, at the Empire Theater in San Antonio, Texas. For information and tickets, you can always go to csmod.com for Babylon and all of Kevin's other podcasts. Check it out.